Thank you for listening today to our podcast here at Word of Life. We're delighted that you tuned in. And I pray that while you hear us talk, you hear the Holy Spirit speak. I know God's got a big plan for you. We're excited to be a part of that plan. Hopefully we will see you sometime soon, maybe even this weekend. Until then, we pray you have a wonderful, wonderful week. Hey, church, did everybody make it through the freeze okay? Yes, well, we're glad to have you guys out here. And can all of us at Lakeland, can we give it up for everyone at Highland Colony today? Our church across town, we love you guys so much. We had a great time at the 8.30. We're going to have a great time at the 10 o'clock here at Lakeland. And we're glad that you guys were able to join us. And can both campuses, can we give it up right now for everyone watching online and all around the world today? Yes, we're glad that you tuned in from whenever you're watching from. And uh, if you're watching from another location outside of the state of Mississippi, which we know many of you are, uh, Mississippi went through a hard freeze this week, uh, which dramatically altered, I would say, all of our plans this week, uh, including our church. So we were scheduled to bring in Levi Lusco this weekend, but due to the ice and all that, we weren't comfortable with with not knowing how weather would act, if that would be able to happen. Uh, So we're going to bring in Levi for another date, and we're working with him and his team now to find what that date is, but we did have Levi film a message for the church that will be displayed tonight at 6 o'clock. So it'll be on Facebook, it'll be on our website, thelife.cc, it'll be on our YouTube channel, Uh, you can watch Levi Lusco talk right to the Word of Life Church family, and he is covering the topic of singleness. Uh, So we're in this series of Timeless Love, and we're talking about marriage and family, but we also wanted to talk right to the singles. Uh, So this is for everybody, but especially tonight, if if you are single, tune in to that message because I know without a shadow of a doubt, it is going to be good. Uh, and so you don't want to miss that. Uh, and then, as you heard on the videos, this is life group season. Uh, and I have a fresh passion for life groups, uh, especially all that we're dealing with with COVID. And so many of us have gotten disconnected uh, from the people that we love and the people that do, we do life with. And as COVID is coming to a close, this is a time to reconnect, Uh, and not just reconnect with church, but also reconnect with each other, and life groups enable us to do that. Some life groups will be meeting virtually, some life groups will be meeting in person. Uh, My wife is leading a prayer life group here for ladies uh, who want to pray for their children and pray for their families and those kinds of things and learn how to pray, period. Uh, So there's all kinds of life groups that are available, but you need to go to the website, uh, thelife.cc slash groups, and find the group you want to get in. And like I said on the video, I know the temptation is, I'll do it, I'll do it, and procrastinate because that's what we do. We like to procrastinate. The issue with procrastination is, is when you find the group you want to get in and find it's all booked because you procrastinated, it can lead to some issues and you can have some problems and all of those kinds of things. And, And so out of that, I want to encourage you, if you can, uh, to go to the life.cc slash groups and find a group for you. Now, today, what we wanted to do is to have a moment where we could have coffee time on stage. Uh, For those of you who may be new to the church, you might not know, but every Monday at 9 o'clock, we get together, me and my wife, and we have coffee time and a little devotional where we talk 
uh, about the things of God and talk about most of the time what happened on Sunday morning and how we're processing those things in our own lives, and then it ends with a dare. We decided to do coffee, st- uh, co- coffee time on stage live uh, for each and every one of you to kind of bring our home to the stage. And we had something we were going to do today where we were just going to answer questions about relationships and talk about a timeless love. But as I was praying, I really felt like we were supposed to talk about something very specific today, and that is the subject of honor. Now, this is going to help marriages. Uh, This is going to help families. Uh, This is going to help children with their parents. This is going to help parents with their children. This is going to help friends with their friends. But I just want to encourage you in this moment to kind of lower your guard, relax, take a deep breath, enjoy the service, And allow the Holy Spirit to speak to your heart. And I'm going to let my wife tell you how this message began. Well, several weeks ago, we were traveling and we were at the airport. And we reached our gate. And so we're sitting there. And and when I travel with him, what I have come to expect is I'll sit at the gate for a long time because he doesn't like to rush. You know, I like to stop at restaurants. I like to stop at the stores and maximize my time. But this particular time, we chose to get to that gate really early to make him at peace. <laughs> we, we balance each other. Yes, we, we each other needed much. each other for sure. And so we're sitting at the gate for an extended period of time. And um, <laughs> I have come to love this game on my phone. And um, London Pearson is to blame for this, but I have gotten pretty addicted to it. And so... At the gate, I'm sitting here on my phone, and I'm playing this game and, you know, minding my own business. But for every woman in this room, tell me if you understand this. As a woman, we can be playing our phone and hear this man's conversation and that woman's conversation, and you can know what your spouse is doing all at once. And know their credit scores. Yeah. It's a superpower. (laughs) It's one of our superpowers. And so I'm sitting here on my phone, and I'm playing it. And I know he's over there, you know, reading an article or something, you know, getting better at something while I play a game. (laughs) I'm getting better at a game while he's getting better at life. It's balance. And so I start hearing the conversation to my left. And it caught my ear because there is a subject that makes my heart explode, and that's the subject of family and marriage, and kids. It just makes me come alive. It's my passion. And so I hear this man talking about his marriage, and I'm not sure who he was on the phone with, but he was clearly trying to get some guidance and help. And so after listening to his situation for a minute, I look over to kind of see, you know, who he is, And I see he's a well-dressed man. He's clearly on a business trip. And he seemed like a good man, just a sweet temperament about him. And I hear him talking to the person on the other line saying, man, I've tried everything. I don't understand. I can't do anything right. If If I go out and make money, I'm gone too long. If I come home, it's like, why aren't you working? Uh, You know, if I take my kids outside, it's like, you don't even pay attention. But if I don't do anything with our kids, it's like, where are you? And it's like, man, I can do nothing right. She yells at me. 
Like I try to have a con- conversation with her, like, what do I do? And how am I frustrating you? And all she does is yell back at me. And, and you can tell this man is torn up. And it just rips my heart open. And I lean over to my husband. I was like, do you hear what's going on over here? And he said, no. I had no clue. <laughs> no idea. I said, are you serious? Zero idea. You cannot hear what this man is going through? And he's like, I have not heard one word of his conversation. I was like, let me fill you in. So this is what's going on. And so he leans over me trying to hear the conversation. He still can't hear. So I'm trying to translate this fellow's conversation, who I should have nothing to do with, but I do. I'm emotionally invested in what's going on over here. And I'm relaying to him and, and, and coming from a place of he just seems like a good man. Like, why is this going on? And so our, our plane finally got in, and our gate was called. Our, our seat numbers were called, so we get up and we board the flight. And I go back to my business, my own business of playing my game and getting better at it. And he leans over to me on the plane, and he said, Why do you think so many relationships are so bad? Why are relationships so hard? And before I answered him, I really tried to think about what I really believed about that. And I said, I really think we get so familiar with people that we have no problem critiquing them. That we, the people closest to us, the people we're most intimate in relationships with, that we see their flaws. And I feel like we live in a world that condones criticism. And I think as spouses, like we look at our spouse and we think it's our right to look at them and criticize them. And so we sat there and we just started talking about this and pouring our heart out. And that's exactly how this service came about. And so this morning we want to share with you that conversation that the two of us shared. And this week as we've been talking through it and really talking about what that means but not just that, but how to overcome that part of relationships. Yeah, you know, people ask me all the time, they're like, how long does it take you to write a message? And I tell them, I'm like, well, it all depends. There's some messages where I have studied for it for two weeks, and I'm like, I still don't have it. Uh, then there are other times where I'll get a message literally in 20 seconds, where the Lord will just drop something in my heart, and I'm like, that's a message. And when she said that, um, immediately I got a message. Now, I asked her that question, why do you think so many relationships are struggling? And it's the truth. It seems as if, I don't know if it's COVID and people just being locked in, uh, you know, and they're, they're with each other more and more. Or it could be the distance that some, something has happened because of COVID where maybe we don't see each other as much and it's created irritation. But it seems to me as if there aren't a lot of great relationships that I know. Where like I would look at a marriage and be like, that's great. Or a great relationship between friends. Or a great relationship between coworkers, Or a great relationship between a son and a father. Or a great relationship between uh, a mother and a daughter. Like... It seems as if people are finding relationships harder than ever. 
uh, from a pastoral perspective and the questions I get asked and then the problems that get, get brought to me and the church and those kinds of things. And I really was asking from a place of concern to get another set of eyes on this issue. And when she said that, you know, it just seems as if the closer we get to someone, the more critical we get of them. I'm telling you the Holy Spirit just put something in my heart. And I can't get away from it until we share it. Um, when you see me, and y'all, y'all see us on stage, and some of you I know very well, very intimately. Others of you we might not even have met before. And you know uh, my life, but I know very little of yours because you hear me communicate and those types of things. But, but still, there aren't many people in this room who know me intimately well. And when you're, you're not close to something, uh, you always see the forest. And it's like the forest is beautiful and a lot of praise comes from the forest because you see the broad picture. You don't know something overly well. And so people come in contact with us and they see the broad picture. Most of the time when we go out in public to work or we go out in public to church, uh, we make sure that we are put together spiritually, emotionally, mentally, physically. We make sure that we have crossed our, uh, our T's and dotted our I's and all those types of things. But when I get to know you, I start walking closer to you and intimacy begins to increase And instead of seeing the forest, I begin to see the trees. And I don't just see the trees, I begin to see the leaves. And in all of us, none of us are Jesus, (laughs) we have imperfections. I am not perfect. Very close. Very close. Amen. Yes and amen to that. Uh, And ditto to you, but I, I am not perfect. And there is no one who sees my flaws more intimately than she does. In fact, she probably sees a more accurate picture of me than I do. There is no one who sees any flaws that she has which are minimal. Amen. More than I do. And in fact, I probably see a more clearer picture of her than she does. There's no one in your children's lives who sees more of your children's flaws than you do. There is no one who sees your parents' flaws more than you do. When you get in friendships, there is no one who sees the flaws with that friend more than the the person who's closest to it. And in our world, we are living in a world that is getting more and more bent this way. When we see a flaw, we critique it. And if I become the most critical person in her life, there is no way I can have a good relationship with her. And if she becomes the most critical person in my life, There is no way I'll have an intimate relationship with her. There is no way I can be the most critical person in my children's life and have a great relationship with my children. And there is no way my children could have uh, and be the most critical person in my life and have a great relationship with me. 
And when we get close, and this is, this is especially true in marriage and with kids, because when you are married and you have children, you feel responsible to fix them. They're yours. So it's like, son, you can't wear the same pair of underwear for four days in a row. Like, this is a problem that needs to be corrected. Uh, like, you know, there, there are issues where, like, we feel personally responsible uh, to fix people, to come in and help them be all that they can be in Jesus' name. And so out of that, there is critiquing that, that is played out. There are, 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 are conversations where we are correcting each other, like, uh, hey, it seems like you're not noticing us, or it seems like you care more for the kids right now than you care for me, or it seems as if you're at work all the time, or it seems as if you call too much, or it seems as if you don't call enough, or it seems as if when you talk to me, you talk to me very rudely, and it seems to me you don't talk enough to me at all. Like, you could even talk to me rude. Just talk to me. Like, we have these conversations where there is is critique. And the issue is, is he may be criticized for thinking about work too much at home, but at work he's praised for his drive. And he may come home and criticize uh, her for that same thing, of like, you're so busy at work, you know, I need somebody here at home, but she is praised for that same drive, or it could be for one partner or the other. Uh, They are criticized for, you love the kids more than you love me. But everyone else outside who's looking at the forest is saying, what a good mom she is. And she's praised for the very thing her husband may be criticizing her for. And any time a relationship is breaking down with honor by critique, it is limiting what I will be able to receive from that person. Now, that's a big statement, but I want to prove it to you from the Word of God. So let's just open up Scripture together this morning. If you brought your Bibles, uh, we can open them up uh, to the book of Mark. We're going to look at Mark chapter 6. And we'll start in verse number one. If you didn't bring your Bible, no worries at all. If you're watching uh, at home, uh, you can, you know, look at the screens as well. But if not, I encourage you uh, to go and find your Bible and open open up with us. We're going to look at Mark chapter 6. And with all these things in mind, let's read this story. And hopefully the Holy Spirit can bring a pair of fresh eyes to the Scripture. Mark chapter 6 and verse 1. And it says, and he went out, he being Jesus went out from these other places and came into his own country. And his disciples followed him. And when the Sabbath day was come, he began to teach in the synagogue, and many hearing him were astonished, saying, From whence hath these, this man these things? And what wisdom is this which is given to him, that even such mighty works are wrought by his hands? Is this not the, the carpenter, the son of Mary, the brother of James and Joseph and Judah and Simeon? And are not his sisters here with us? And they were offended at him. And Jesus said unto them, A prophet is not without honor. Now notice this. But in his own country and among his own kin. And I see Jesus is southern. Kinfolk right here. What is kin? What is kin? It's family. A prophet is not without honor, 
but among his own country, among his own family, and in his own house. And notice verse 5, and he could there do no mighty work. Not he wouldn't, he couldn't. Could there do no mighty work, save that he laid hands on a few sick folk and healed them. Now, do you see that these people limited Jesus? That Jesus, the whole reason he has come home is because the mighty works he has done outside his home He wants to demonstrate those same mighty works in his home, but he can't. It didn't say he wouldn't do the mighty works. It said he couldn't do the mighty works because the environment that Jesus was in shut Jesus down. Now, if you think, and Scripture shows us this, that an environment could shut Jesus down, What do you think an environment could do to us? And I have the potential, based off of how I treat her, to open her up or to shut her down. She has the potential to open me up or shut me down. I have the potential with my son, with my my sons, with my daughter, to open them up or shut them down. And what opened up Jesus and what shut him down when he had honor it opened him up and he had honor with people who did not know him as intimately as his own kin but when he gets around his own kin and in his own home their familiarity with him paved the way for them. And he's flawless. Like Jesus has no issue. But how many of you know sometimes we see issues in people that aren't really there? It's just our issue is so bad it's reflecting on them. (laughs) And so out of this, uh, he has no issue. But they are still seeing an issue. They are dishonoring him out of that. You can hear the dishonor in there. To who does he think he is? Such mighty works done by his hands. And this dishonor is opening up critique. And this critiquing is dividing what Jesus is able to do. Their dishonor began to shut him down. And, and I just, I saw this, and, and even this week, like, and I know I'm talking a lot, so I need to stop. Uh, yeah, so so uh, this week, our family was shut in together. I uh, so, and I'm sure like many of your families were shut in together. And like you take five people and, and not enable them to get out of the house, there is no personal space. Uh, and you need personal space. And there were so many instances this week where we saw like moments where dishonor could creep in. And we saw how when a relationship is healthy, it is because there is honor in that relationship. And when it gets unhealthy, it's because dishonor has somewhere crept in. Man, as you were talking about that, I couldn't help but all the scenarios where I brought in a wrong attitude or belittled someone and it shut off what that moment was intended to be. Maybe you showed up at a birthday party that was supposed to celebrate, but negative Nancy came in and ruined the whole thing. What was that party in that moment capable of? 
Not you, Nancy. No Nancy's in this room. (laughs) But no, it's, I thought about that. If Jesus can do it, if that can happen to Jesus, how much more? What am I shutting off for my husband adding to my life simply because of the way I treat him? We need to open ourselves back up to have families that honor each other. And this is no more true for you than it is for me. Because just a week ago, my um, daughter was invited to a party. So all the single people in here will know what this holiday is, but it's called Galentine's Day. And what this holiday celebrates is all those who have not found their significant others yet. And so they usually gather together, and they, they love on each other, and they laugh together. And so my daughter, being 14 years old, is clearly falls into this category to celebrate. And, and she will until she's 52. Yes. She'll know what Valentine's Day is when she's in her 50s. So it's going to be great. She's going to love it. You know, patience. <laughs> so I uh, am taking her to this dinner at Salamukis in Madison. And so we're about to get there. And it's my first time to drop her off. I, I know. I, you know, she's my first child. I haven't, like, just dropped her off at the movies like my parents used to do with me. So this is our first big time to just drop her off without me being there. And so before she gets out of the car, I was like, hey, sis, you've got to give me 20 minutes to be able to come get you. I I need you to give me enough time to get you before everybody leaves. So don't wait when everyone's leaving for me to come get you. Let me know 20 minutes before. And she's like, oh, yes, ma'am, I will. And I'm like, great. Okay, babe, have fun. Have a good time. So, you know, the the place is about 15 minutes from our house, 10, 15 minutes. So I just head back home, and I'm sitting there. I'm watching a movie with our youngest and um, having a good time. But I realize, gosh, a lot of time has gone by. They're either having a lot of fun or Reese forgot to call me. And so I text her, and I'm like, hey, sis, y'all still having fun? Or, you know, are things wrapping up? And she's like, everyone's about to leave. Please come quick. (laughs) Oh, really? (laughs) I got so frustrated. Can you imagine? Because my heart as a mom is it's like I've left you in this public place. I don't want you alone. And... Not only that, but she had told me they had walked from the restaurant to the Kroger, and, you know, they're walking down the sidewalk, and I'm like, you're walking down the sidewalk by yourself like you need me. And I I forget she's 14. She's not five anymore. And so I'm, like, frustrated, and I, like, throw the blanket off of me on the couch, and I throw my house shoes on, and I, I head out the door, and I am speeding. Why? Because my daughter's alone, and she needs me, and I'm a little panicked, and I, so I'm, I'm speeding. You guessed it. I know y'all know what's coming next. I see the lights flashing. I'm like, you are kidding me. And so I pull over, and the police is like, ma'am, do you realize you were going 52 in a 25? And I was like, <laughs> I, told her, I told her, I said, you should have said, I'm dyslexic. <laughs> That's so bad. 
That is so bad. <laughs> I did not do that. Everyone was like, did you try to talk yourself out? I was like, no, no, I froze. I'm like, oh, no, I'm so sorry. I'm like apologizing. I didn't tell him. I'm rushing to get my daughter. But he was like, you know, we took care of business, and he sent me on my way. Well, now I'm more heated because now did Reese not only just not call, now I, I'm in trouble with the law. I'm practically getting arrested now. And so I called him after, you know, he's, he's you know, I know I'm in trouble. And uh, I called Joel, and I'm like, babe. Our daughter, I'm going to beat her. I'm going to spank her hiney when I see her. And he said, what's going on? I said, I told her to give me 20 minutes. She called me as everyone's leaving, and she's putting pressure on me to hurry. Then I get pulled over by the cop and all this stuff. And he is like, he's so, you're so amazing. He was like. <laughs> More of that, please. <laughs> I'm kidding. He said, I get it. I get where you're coming from. And he said, you need to have that same conversation with Reese, but maybe brought down a level. <laughs> same words, different language. And he said that same words, different language. Meaning all of us can have the same conversation, but the way we communicate it turns two different ways. And so I said, I am so thankful I have 10 minutes before I reach that restaurant because I need to get my heart right because I'm not there right now. And as I'm getting there, the phrase that you have preached on that has stuck with me since you said it, and many of you will know it, but he said, when emotion is high, wisdom is low. And we come into these frustrating, scary, unknown circumstances, emotional. And we, that's when we have the opportunity to dishonor our children, to dishonor our spouse. And so on my way to that restaurant, I started praying like, Lord, let me be a person of peace. Let me communicate this in truth and love. And so my daughter, she gets in the car, and of course, she, she knows I'm not happy. And she's like, Mama, I'm so sorry. I said, I get it, sis. I said, listen, why I was frustrated is not because I'm mad. I'm frustrated because I didn't want you hurt. You are the most special thing to me, and I was trying to protect you and take care of you. And I needed you to work with me on that. And I said, I'm not going to be able to leave you with friends if you cannot properly communicate with me the way I need you to. It was an honest conversation, but it was done in a place of honor. And what that, taking care of the scenario like that versus, how dare you not call me? You are grounded. When you get home, you go to your room. You're in trouble. If she would have walked in the house like that, it would have changed everything about the rest of the evening. But when we got home, taking care of that scenario with honor, when we got home, we walked in the door laughing. And we, he was sitting on the couch, and I said, tell Daddy that story you just told me. And it opened her up to having a fun memory with me, a fun memory on Galentine's Day, because she's going to celebrate it forever. Right. So she needed a we good first impression. We want her to love impression. the holiday. Yes, celebrate that holiday. So, but yeah, uh, this is so 
like truthful and honestly like that's sharing a time where we got it right there's been plenty of times where we haven't and uh, tomorrow at coffee time I'll probably open about that up even more where like even this week I, I missed it in an opportunity in in working with my my son and you can have a conversation with honor or you can have it without honor uh, you can have a conversation where people hear your anger or you can have a conversation where people hear your heart You can have a conversation where people hear your emotion, or you can have a conversation where people hear your point. And when someone is hearing my point, or when someone is hearing my heart, there is honor for that person while communicating. And this is one of the hardest things to do. There's no one in this room who is perfect at it. But if you want a great relationship with whoever, a coworker, a boss, a team member, a spouse, you have to learn how to speak the truth in love. So in this world of honor that we as Christians are to live by, it's not that we just sweep bad actions under the rug and like act like we don't care. Uh, it's not that, that we come back and say, oh, that didn't bother me and I've learned to live with it and function and dysfunction and I'll just, you know, not tell him that I think he's not talking enough or uh, I'll just not tell her that it, it seems like she's raising her voice too much and I'll just, we'll skip over these issues in the name of honor. That is not the Christian way. The Christian way is to have open communication, to speak the truth, but when I speak the truth, I do it in love. Now, if there is anyone who is perfect at this, it is our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, and we see example after example of this in Scripture, but one of my favorite is found in the book of Revelation. So let's look at the screens, and they'll, they'll turn to it, uh, and I think it's in Revelation chapter 2, and I'll, I'll open it up real quick in my Bible. And I want you to see our Lord and how he handles an issue uh, in the body of Christ. In Revelation chapter 2, he says these things. uh, In verse number 2, he says, I know your works, I know your labor, I know your patience, and how you cannot bear them which are evil. And you have tried them which say they are apostles and are not, and has found them liars. And you have borne and has, you have had patience, and for my name's sake you have labored and have not fainted. Nevertheless, I have something against you, because you have left your first love. So do you see our Lord here? He comes and he, he sees an issue, and he's feeling this moment where they don't love him like they used to. Now, sometimes we have feelings in relationships where, like, uh, if you would have seen her on the way to go get our daughter from the Kroger, <laughs> uh, but yeah, be careful, you may have passed by her in the, the traffic lane and thought, man, she's so rude, and you felt disrespected, and that feeling would have been, at, at minimum, 10% truth. Uh, the reality is, is you have a mother who's trying to get her child. So sometimes we feel things that have no truth in those feelings. Does that make sense? Uh, so sometimes I feel like he's not hearing me, but uh, the truth is it's about 40% correctly. He's not hearing you, but the 60% side of that is he's really stressed out right now about something he's trying to fix for the family. But when Jesus comes in and communicates a feeling of, you don't love me like you used to, 
this is 100% truth. In reality, they had left the love that they had at first. And there may be relationships right now where you have a friendship and it's like, it's not near as strong as it used to be. What do you do when that's the case? Or, or maybe some of you are in a relationship with a spouse right now and, and you, you say, we've been married for however many months or years. And it's not like it was when it first started. He, he loved me a little bit more. I don't feel as noticed. I don't feel as seen. Maybe some of you with parents, it's like, you know what, Pastor Joel, if I'm being honest with you, Miss Peppy, today, I don't have the relationship with my kids that I want. And, and maybe those kids are, are 42. But it's like, I don't have the relationship that I want with them. It's not like the love we had at first. And here's what I love. Jesus doesn't get his angels together and talk to them about it. Can you believe they don't call me like they used to? I I love how Jesus comes directly to that person and directly to them and has an open conversation with them. And he comes in and he's not skipping around. He's like, I feel like you have left the love we had at first, that I haven't moved, but you have. And he's having this tough conversation. But do you see the honor our Lord approaches us with? That it's not, I can't believe you haven't tied in six months. What is wrong with you? Like, uh, you said you were attending church online all during COVID. We know you made it 20% of the time. Like, it's, it's not like this emotion of, of like coming with anger and coming with how dare you and coming with where it like, it's like shutting us down. We're like, we're cowering down. He comes and he's like, I see all the things you're doing right. And before I talk to you about this, I want you to know how how amazing I think you are. But there is something we need to talk about. And he talks to the church with honor. And in our relationship, there are going to be times where I am not okay or perfect, and she has to tell me about it. Because the Bible commands us as Christians to be not wise in your own eyes. I need another set of eyes. Kids, if you have parents, thank God you need another set of eyes. Parents, if you have children, wonderful. You need another set of eyes. Coworkers, if you have other coworkers, great. You need another set of eyes. And the people who are closest to me see things in my life that if I could see that about me too and fix it, it would lead to a better life. And I have to give her the liberty to come and to tell me those things. My children have to give me the liberty to come and tell them those things. My staff has to give me the liberty to come and tell them those things. But if in the name of improvement, I come without honor, and I come with just critique, and come with nothing but dishonor and emotion, they will hear my anger but miss my point. They will feel my emotion but miss my heart. And what I, I just feel, I, man, I feel this so strong in my heart. And I've already gone long. We'll have to close and all those types of things. But I feel this so big in my heart. Like if, if maybe 
Maybe, I, I had a situation this week, I'll talk about it tomorrow in coffee time, but where I, I corrected my son, but I did it without honor. And I saw how it shut him down. And thank God that doesn't happen all the time. But in light of like studying this message and like, like getting the Holy Spirit to just communicate this to me day after day after day, I couldn't help but to think, but how many sons, how many daughters, how many friends, how many wives, how many husbands live in that environment where they want to be better and they want to demonstrate more, but they can't because of the environment that is around them shutting them down. When she walked in with Reese, I was amazed. This child had heard the consequence. She had heard the correction, but she came in bubbling. And I'm like, whatever you did in that car... Like, that was amazing. And you know what it was? It was pure honesty. It was consequence. It was coaching. It was direction. But it was also honor. And man, could we use that as a nation. Yes. So true. Man. And could we use that in our families? Absolutely. You know, we've been challenged this week in, in... writing this message and we're doing the same thing but we want to challenge you guys like how can we bring this message as like the bedrock of our families and marriages that we humble ourselves enough to honor even someone that's unhonorable and I believe that would change the trajectory of our life that that would bring peace and joy and contentment and fulfillment in all of our lives. So this morning, I challenge you that. And let us see what a difference it can actually make in our marriages, in our families, and in the workplace for all of us. Amen, amen, amen. amen. Uh, so we normally end with a dare. We don't have enough time because we have an 1130 service. We will do the, the dare tomorrow for sure on coffee time. Uh, but before we go, I, I really want to take a moment and just pray for everyone and pray for your families um, and pray for your relationship with your children and pray for your marriages, pray for your friendships. And I, I sense like even like in the room today and at Highland Colony that there are friendships that have just been strained and it's because someone has been withholding truth. Because honor is not not speaking the truth. You, you speak the truth in love, whereby with you may grow thereby. A relationship cannot grow without truth. If you don't tell somebody the truth, you will get, uh, it will create distance or resentment in you. Because you will, you will have resistance in you uh, based off of what they're doing that you wish that they would change, but they're not changing it. And the reason why they're changing it is they don't see the flaw. They need your eyes. And I, I think some of you, you there, there are family members or friendships or, or maybe husbands and wives that the same conversation Jesus had with that church in Revelations is the same conversation you have with them of like, I love you. Like, this is absolutely amazing how you've done this and this, and we've created so many memories. But I feel like we don't have the same love that we used to. And I'm not throwing an accusation at you. This is something that I want to talk about because I I love you too much to not have this conversation. 
and I want you to walk with me in harmony. And I need you to know how much you mean to me. And, and I, just, I just sense as if I know those conversations are tough. And, and sometimes it does not work out. Sometimes Saul's walk out of our lives. And, and sometimes you treat people with honor. And like David, you call them my father and they still throw spears. But here's the thing. God says that those who honor him, God will honor and when we honor people in our lives, and, and honor is, is, once again, it is speaking the truth, but doing it in a way with love and honor. At the end of the day, it paves the way, even if it doesn't equal restoration with those people. Because how many of you know, even in Jesus' relationship with the world, there's not always reconciliation? How many people out there in the world have seen the goodness of God, but yet still choose to reject God? So I'm not saying that when we do this, it works 100% of the time. But what I am saying is that when we do treat people with honor, it tends to open things up where we can be receiving the mighty works from them again, and they can begin receiving the mighty works from us. Amen. Let me pray for you. Father, I thank you for each and every person here. I thank you so much for their friendships, for their relationships with their sons and their daughters, for their marriages. And Father, I just ask you to give them the courage and the strength to conduct themselves with honor, to fight for love, to fight for reconciliation, to have the Spirit of Christ that wants to be the bridge. Father, I bless these families, and I I thank you, Lord, for peace coming into their households. And I thank you, Father, in Jesus' name, that your will is done in our families. Give us the boldness, Father, to tell the truth. But let the love of God that's been shed abroad in our hearts give us the patience to say it with honor. And we thank you now for the work of your Holy Spirit arresting hearts. We love you, Lord, so very much. And we thank you for it in Jesus' name. At Highland Colony, I'm going to ask our campus pastor, Pastor Ryan Lamberson, to come up to the stage and close out the service. Here at our Lakeland campus and online, I, I, I want to encourage you tonight at 6 p.m., tune in, watch Levi on our website, on Facebook, on YouTube. Uh, tomorrow, tune in for coffee time if you can. I feel so big in my heart, just God wants to do such a big work of reconciliation for so many of your families and friendships. So big. God loves friendships. God loves family. And I want to encourage you to fight for it. But tomorrow, coffee time, 9 o'clock, is it 9? 8, 9, 9. Facebook. And life groups. So many of you, you need relationships. If you're in married, uh, married, you, you need relationships with other married people.
Get in contact with them. Singles, y'all need to connect with each other. Go to the website, thelife.cc slash groups. Sign up for a life group. Visitors, get your free gift. If you need prayer, text the word request to 313131. We love you guys. You're God's best. We'll see you next week. You're dismissed.